Hey, you went and saw uh, uh, Speed Racer? Not yet. Oh, I thought you guys were going last weekend. Uh, we were. It's still at the Dollar Theaters. Ah, uh, but you were doing that whole, I got to track down. What were you right, trying to track down? I was running around looking for Legion Lost number 11. What happened in that issue? Uh, Monstrous got blowed up. Why did she get blowed up? Um, Element Lad had been... When the Legion, at, at the end of the Legion Volume 4 series, there was a huge explosion on the Legion outpost. And half the team ended up being sent through time, space, and dimension. Back to and they, uh, Final Night? No, like 10 of them woke up on the satellite, and that was the Legion Lost miniseries. Ah. They were trying to find their way home, and as the series progressed, they found out that there was this evil guy called the Progenitor who was destroying what he called variants, people who were genetically inferior. Ah. And as they went along, it turned out that the Progenitor was Element Lad, and that they had not just been thrown outside their universe. They had spent billions of years in suspended animation, Except Element Lad, who was awake the whole time. Whoa. And Element Lad basically, over the course of those millennia, snapped and became this total psycho. And Monstrous, who had been close to him at the end of the Archie Legion, tried to convince him to come home with them and be himself again. And he just blowed her up. And it was, it was you know, kind of a reveal of, here's a character that we can blow up to show how really perverse and twisted, you know, Element Lad has become. So, was Legion Lost part of the Wade-Archie Legion? It was after Wade. When Wade left the book, it went to Tom Pyre. Oh, okay. And Roger Stern. And when Stern and Pyre left the book, Abnett and Lanning took over. Okay. And Abnett and Lanning pretty much wiped out the Archie Legion, did 12 issues of Legion Lost, and relaunched just the Legion. That new series, that was also the Archie Legion. Was Sort it? of, kind of. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back. Same. I really need to go back and reread, because like, we got all of, from the reboot when they restarted with issue one, right, all the way through, I think, till the end of that run. Right. I've got all of those collected. I think they relaunched it like Legionnaires number 19 and Legion of Superheroes 50-something. Okay. And then they ran through Legion number 125 and Legionnaires 80 or 90, I think. Okay. Then they canceled them both, did 12 issues of Legion Lost, and then relaunched The Legion. I I just can't say it. And which one is is The Legion? The Legion. That's That's not the current one, is it? No, that okay. was the book that came out in like 99 and ran through 2004 or 5. It was the book that was rebooted to become the WKRP Legion. Oh, okay. I'm so confused. It was, I'm going to have to just sit down and blow through that stuff. It was the same characters from the Archie Legion, but the Legion had more of kind of a, a feel where it was embracing the Silver Age roots and the original pre-crisis thing. Yeah, because Archie Legion is really the after-zero-hour Legion, right? Right. Yeah. It was never rebooted, but right. the events right. of Legion Lost and the events um, near the end of that series, they had an interaction with a, a, the Borg, I mean, the Blight. Basically, I, re- I remember that vaguely. Yeah, the whole team was essentially Borged, and then the 12 issues of Legion Lost, and they came back to a, a darker more adult take on the Legion, where Raish al Ghul had become the president of Earth. Oh, that's cool. So they had to depose Raish, and then he was in the book, for the rest of the book, as kind of this Hannibal Lecter figure in the shadows. Ah, cool. Which was pretty awesome. Now, and they set up they set up a kind of a rivalry between Monel and Raish al Ghul, 
both being you know refugees of the 20th century, which I thought was really nice. Fill me in on Rayshaw Ghoul. Is he an immortal, or is he just able to regenerate regenerate himself from the Lazarus pits? Well, some people seem to think he's immortal. In his original incarnations, the Neil Adams versions, he used the Lazarus pits to renew his youth. But every time he did it, it made him a little, I, th- I think it made him a little crazier and a little less human. Okay. And I think now anymore they're treating him as essentially immortal because, didn't they just bring him back from the dead again? I don't, yeah, they, I don't, I'm going to have to go back and reread that stuff because that doesn't even make sense. It's almost like his spirit was transferred into uh, a genetic offspring of his, not Damien, unfortunately, <laughs> but like some weird white-haired guy. I, I don't right. know, it's really weird, but... Okay, so the Lazarus Pit, my understanding mm-hmm. is, or maybe they, they tweaked it, that at one time, wasn't it, he could use the Lazarus Pit as many times as he wanted, but now they've tweaked it to where he can use it once and that's it? In the original uh, thing, the Lazarus Pit was dangerous. It was kind of like you know an advanced Dungeons & Dragons resurrection spell. Right. It could go horribly awry. But I think, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, in one of those early stories, Batman was horribly wounded. Right. And he put, you know, he revealed himself to be kind of an anti-hero by putting Bruce Wayne in the Lazarus Pit and resurrecting him. Mm-hmm. So, and there was one take, I don't know if you're familiar with the history of Black Canary. Eh, not really. During the Mike Grell run on Green Arrow, they had a sequence where Black Canary was basically... I don't want to say sexually assaulted. No, she was, wasn't she? She was beaten and raped and tied up. She, and the, the rape was never said on panel, and Mike Grell has said that their rape was not meant to be implied. Oh, okay. But they, they beat her but up. But they beat her up really good. They captured and, her. Yeah. They slashed her throat and cost her her canary cry okay. for several years. And in a, an, an arc of Birds of Prey, they interacted with Rachel Ghoul, who put her in a Lazarus pit, mm, Okay, which resurrected, well, it didn't resurrect her, but it... it regenerated her canary cry and gave her her powers back so but it made her nuts too so. yeah i think I've i remember thought- that issue i've been reading you know it seems like i mean i i guess i don't have the memory that everyone else has when it comes to reading a lot of these stories because i've been reading black canary since it was the one shot and then the mm-hmm. limited issue miniseries the you know the four miniseries four issues yeah and, and then the- and then when the series kicked off so i've read all of those and i do remember when she was being courted by um, Rish. Rish Ghul, and I do remember that, uh, but I yeah. don't remember all of those little stories. So some of these little things are, are hard for me to remember until I go back and flip through it and go, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but okay, so Rish Ghul is an immortal. What about Vandal Savage? He's also an immortal, but he he's different in that his body does regenerate. Well, Vandal Savage has gone through different ages, too. The last I heard, Vandal Savage had... Basically, he was capturing his descendants yeah, and, and giving himself organ transplants from the bodies of his descendants yeah. to keep himself immortal. I don't know if that's true or not. I because think they at were one still point, doing that. Arsenal from the Teen Titans yeah, was revealed exactly. to be his genetic stock. And they, uh, Vandal tried to steal Arsenal's daughter, Leanne. Right. Or Leanne or, or Lion, whatever right, you call right, it. Right, right, right. Uh, so has there I believe. Been- has there That's ever right. been a really good immortal versus immortal story? Has there ever been a Vandal Savage versus Rayshaw Ghoul story? At one point, Vandal Savage was fighting the immortal man, 
But the thing about the Immortal Man in the Silver Age was because of the nature of his powers, they had him die three times an issue, which made him seem less than effective as a superhero. Hey, now he's the guy that's been in the latest the Supergirl arc, right? Isn't Resurrection that, Man. Oh, that's Resurrection Man. Oh, that's not the same right. guy as Immortal Man. Eh, he's kind of basically... It, Resurrection Man is to Immortal Man what Bart Allen is to Jay Garrick. Oh, okay. It's a sort of a take on the same thing, and they reference Immortal Man in the Resurrection Man series. I like but, that. I like that little run that they had there. Did you did you read that and like that or not? I have a run of Resurrection Man. I thought it was wonderful. No, no I mean talking about the Supergirl Resurrection Man. Oh, I haven't been reading that. Oh man, it's Super- a great story. She she essentially saves this kid from a fire. Right. And the kid says, I don't want to die, and she says, Don't worry, I'm not gonna let you die. And then the kid goes it back and it, he's got cancer. cancer, right? And so it's this whole right. story where she's like, I'm the super being, I can do whatever, I should be able to save this kid no matter what. And she goes on this whole big long thing. Uh, she finds the resurrection man and she's like, Well, wait, if I kill you, you come back and you have a new power, whatever it might be, right? And he's like, right. Yes. She's like, Well, why don't we just kill you time and time again until you have uh, the antidote to cancer? And reluctantly, he agrees to it. And, That's a loud cat, by the way. Yeah, she's a little pain in the ass. Um, he eventually agrees to it, and then at the end of the series, she's flying back to the hospital ten minutes too late. Oh. And, they, and they're like, well, you know, if the resurrection man's blood gets injected into him, maybe the kid will regenerate. And they do, and it doesn't. And so it's really kind of a sad story, but it kind of goes down to the point where, you know, Supergirl says, I'm sorry, I've done everything I can. This might work. Mom, I'm going to leave it up to you to decide if you want to do this or not. I'm not going to just say I'm going to do it. So it was, I thought it was a really good little story. Some people mm-hmm. may not like it, but if, if you get a chance, go and, go and check that out. I think it was only I mean, like four, four or six issues. I'm sure okay. it was six because everybody writes for the trade now. Right, and the Supergirl series has been so hit and miss. When it's bad, it's like just awful. Well, and it's not, you know, it's not the best. This isn't the best story, but I think the underlying message is good. But it's it suffers from that same. Let's draw out yeah. an issue or two, uh, just to kind of move on. I have kind of a hatred of Michael Turner's redesign. Eh, it's all right. Yeah, uh, two more things: kick ass, seven, kick One. ass, kick ass, kick ass. Do you like that Kick-ass. series? I know you've reviewed love, it up on the site. I love Kick-Ass. I read the director's cut, and i got to say, awesome. Yeah. The thing about Kick-Ass that really, really grabs me is how pathetic the main character is at the beginning. Where, I mean, you just, you're, it's kind of like Wanted, where you don't even want to like this kid. He's He's gone. He's not all there. But... That first issue, just the ending and the moment where he decides he's going to do it and finally go out, and then at the end where he gets just the crap kick out of it. Yeah, was that I the first issue? Like, was the director's yeah, the cut? The first issue. Was the director's cut then the? F- oh, maybe I was reading the others from Marvel that sent us those review copies because I've read all three I, issues because it ends with the girl, the little stabby stabby yeah. girl at the end of issue three, right? Yeah, chopping people up. That issue one is with so him getting violent. hit. By a cr- That's right, I remember that. Yep. And after and reading issue- that, I was like, I've got to read the others. Issue two ends with him actually beating up the kids and someone recording it for YouTube. Which and actually issue, is a YouTube video. Right. And then issue three ends with the girl chopping them. Oh, God, that was awesome. That was so John Romita gr- j- drawing guys with their heads chopped in half. Man, that was awesome. so awesome. 
Now, but let me ask you this: each of those issues is like two ninety nine. What did you think of this announcement that I made about this one shot collecting all three issues for four ninety nine? I'm a little irked that I paid nine bucks for something that I can get for five, but I got it for you know I got it at a point where I can have it. So I like the fact that they're making books a little bit more accessible. What was it they but had? You don't uh, feel cheated that you know they could have just sold me this for a dollar ninety nine. And overprinted, and there would have been plenty to go around. It's kind of one of those moments where you make a gamble, you take your chance. Yesterday, True. I was trying trying to get to work, and I went past the grocery store thinking I could make it to the the convenience store. Yeah, and I got halfway. Car ran out of gas, so I ended up walking, you know, six hundred yards or you know, half a mile, whatever it was. It would to me, it was a gamble. If Kickass didn't go, and I didn't buy it. True. But I would have wanted to read the story, and it sold out, and they didn't reprint it. You know, I probably would have paid more than $3 to go and find the back issues. But now, let me ask you then, now that you know they put these first three in a mini trade, are you more inclined to wait until the series ends and then pick up the other three? No, I don't like waiting for the trade of anything. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It may just be that, you know, I'm ancient. But I would like to buy it every month. Half the point to me of reading comics is getting the digestible chunk of here's what's happening in your friends' lives for 20 minutes this month. Right. We'll be back in four weeks. And Stacy was telling me, why don't you just call the Kansas City comic stores and say, do you have Legion Lost number 11? The thrill of the hunt is yeah. half the reason to go to those comic stores. Yeah. If I just went to eBay and bought it, it's not the same thing. Have you ever been up to that store in Blue Springs? Which one? Ah, god dang it! I can't forget. I keep forgetting what it is. Blue Springs it, is a little far for me. I usually don't get much further than Olathe. There's one that we go to up in Blue Springs when we go mm-hmm. up there, and it is a haven for old stuff from like they don't have a lot of the '70s stuff. But when you start getting right. into the mid '80s, from about essentially uh, Crisis all yeah. the way up till today, they have it in there. Cool. I'm a big nut for showcase, so I was able to complete my showcase run. You know, the ones that they did each year, 95, 96, 97, 94. I completed that run. They had um, all of the Doctor Fates, that second series, the one that took place in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, Uh, so I completed that run. Yeah, I completed that run. Uh, It's a great place to go and check out stuff. Um, Mm. You don't want to go on Saturdays because that's a game day and it's just like... Nuts. Yeah, really crazy. I don't like to go to comic stores on Saturdays, which is ironic because that's all all I did last Saturday. Uh, Go ahead. Most of my stuff that I'm looking for is late silver, early bronze age now. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Paying out the ass for it. That's where I'm I'm still looking for some issues of adventure comics, trying to fill in my run of Phantom Stranger Volume 2. Well, next uh, next time there's a con, give me a list of what you're looking for. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I can send you that right now, and I and I will uh, I will see. I I don't know when our next con is, so I'll let you Detective know. Detective Comics four eighty seven. I'm looking for Detective Comics four eighty seven. I, I may have four or five of those. Four or five? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's got the odd man in it. I love the odd man. I, I may. I don't know how far I go back on that, but I think I'm in the four hundreds now. That's from like seventy nine or eighty. I'm. I'm so, I know I'm in the. I know I'm in the four hundreds now. I may even be into the three hundreds. If you see a four seventy nine or a four ninety seven, I think All it's a four seventy nine. I'll I'll let you know next time we're going to a convention and All right, that'll be awesome. And I'll pick I'm that up as part of your Luther for, dollar payout. I'm looking for Steranko's History of Comics Volume One. 
Is that That's easy hard. to find or is it hard to find? Oh, it's hell in a biscuit to find. It's harder to find than that damn Legion tabloid. Oh, really? I've only ever found one copy, and on the eBay it was running triple digits, and I don't pay triple digits for a book if I can avoid it. Yeah. Let me ask you another question then about trades. Bahamana? Here's these weekly series, whether it be uh-huh. Trinity or Countdown or whatever. Right. And as I kind of said in, in the main show about um, Long Halloween, I felt it read better in a trade than in the single issue. Mm-hmm. If, instead of doing a weekly, because you know you're going to get everybody's money, what if you release right. this book, what if you released it monthly or maybe bi-monthly or maybe even quarterly, and you just went right to the trade? Then you got something that hypes. It's a brand new series. It's only going to be in this trade, oversized graphic novel format, if that's what you want to call it. Right. Wouldn't you think you'd get more hype off of that than you would an individual issue where, you know, for example, Countdown. Really, right. you know, the first eh, maybe 10 issues were good. After that, it kind of slacked off for five issues, picked up a little bit, <laughs> slacked off, picked up a little. What if you just put those all into a trade and you had four, six, or eight trades released that year that told that story? Now, Countdown may not work because that actually, actually 52 is the one that needed to be weekly. Countdown, I think, could have been a quarterly or a bi-monthly something. And Countdown Trin- was completely inessential. It could have not occurred at all. Well, true. Frank. But Trinity is another one that seems like, you know, you could c- collect these quarterly and release a quarterly trade, and it seems mm-hmm. like you'd be able to get that into the bookstores and have a longer shelf life because everybody's talking about graphic novels and bookstores sell really well. Maybe yeah. that's a way to do that maybe save some part of the industry. I don't know. It's something I'm kind of mulling around. I would wonder about... The stepping stone, that first price point to get in. I mean, if you, let's say you don't know if you want to read Trinity and you well, want to give it. Well, you sell it, it for ten ten ninety nine instead of nineteen ninety nine. You sell it for ten ninety nine. That still might work. And you've got two months. You've got eight. Well, let's let's double it. Let's let's say if this one came out, yeah, bi monthly. You have eight issues in there for ten bucks. Right. You know, people are going to to read it. And after that, you've gotten your 10 bucks for those eight issues, which you may not have gotten if people read the first four issues and then dropped the next four issues. Right. And didn't read the rest of the series. And then uh, two more months later, you have the next eight issues. Right. And so on sort and so forth. Sort of the, man- the, the super manga that's, format. That's what I'm thinking. You know, everyone's saying that manga does so well. Manga is the next big thing. Manga is what's going to save the comic industry, and it's what's saving the bookstores and all these things. And people are saying, well, why not? And everybody seems to be writing for the trade anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you just get it over with, write for the trade, and do something like Trinity in that format? Just embrace it and deal with it? And just try I, it. Just try it as an experiment. It's definitely something to think about. I mean, I think I, in my mind, would be less likely to spend 10 bucks on eight weeks' worth of comics than I would be to, you know, buy that first issue. Because, honestly, there are a lot of series I read issue one and I go, not for me. So when you look at it from that lowest price point perspective, I think there are going to be a lot of people. And remember the whole, I only follow my favorite creators. Yeah. There are people who are really resistant to any sort of change. I mean, our our Iron Fist pull list went from... 30 to 15, simply because... Oh, just because the, a fraction was off of it? Before the change. Oh. Because people were like, well, there's a change coming. This is a good chance for me to jump out. Change is bad. 
And I think, you know, if you tried to push something like that, there would be a segment of the population that would immediately embrace it. There'd be a segment that immediately go, nope, I'm not interested. That sucks. That's like manga. I hate manga. And well, then there's going to be a lot of well, let me pull something then what Boom did. You know, their Northlanders uh, first mm-hmm. issue, they released online the entire issue for free, and right. yet it's still sold out in the stores because people went to go buy it. What if you exactly. had this quarterly trade, 52 issues divided by four is what? Like 15, 16 issues. So you essentially you're looking at an omnibus size uh, mm-hmm. trade every four months. You right. put the first issue or two online so that people get that taste. Right. And Or maybe you put the first issue in, people get that taste, then they're like you, huh, I don't like it, oh, maybe I'd be wanting to read it, okay, boom, uh, the trade comes out, you go down and you pay your $15 for 16-issue trade right. at the month. Then the mm-hmm. next quarter, you release issue 17 online, people go, oh, I didn't read the f- first part, let me go and read those other 16 issues, let me buy that trade, now let me buy the second trade. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I wish somebody would just try that. It's. I think it's going to be my. I think it's going to be my thing for this week on Friday. I think this for is kind of the basis. The basis of my, <laughs> my thing to get our next uh, number jump because we had number jumps out the ass this week. Good. Uh, we had we had number jumps on Watchmen. We had number mm-hmm. jumps on reasons why you don't want to go to the con, and we had a number jump on should the con move. And so I'm thinking the next one's going to be embrace the trade and just go for it, and see. You know, would this work? Just try it. And it really, yes, mm-hmm. a smaller publisher could probably tackle it and probably do it and probably come out okay with it. But to really test the experiment, to really see if it works, it needs to take one of the big three or four to just say, let's do this. Let's just try it. And if it fails miserably, well, it can't be any worse than Countdown. Right, which kind of failed miserably. Yeah. it's. De- I mean, it's definitely something to think about. Um, I mean, the com. The comic format is definitely antiquated, and I don't know. I think the main problem is going to be getting the big companies to buy into the idea of the online content at all. Because right now, I don't think they can see any way to capitalize, to monetize an investment in an online And that's what I'm saying. Release that first issue or part one of, of your graphic novel for free. Right. Then people get hooked or they're not hooked. And then they'll go and they'll buy that trade that contains the other 16 issues, some of which may be good, some of which may not be so good, uh, mm-hmm. to get that money. I think that, might, I think that might work. Yeah, and you don't have to do a hardcover. You do it in a softbound edition. Right. The only problem is, and this is the problem with every industry, music, movies, comic books, they all do the same thing. Comic books. Right. Release, re, we release the individual issues. Right. Uh, then, as soon as the uh, series ends, or as soon as that first arc ends, six months later, we got the first trade. Uh-huh. And then, a year after that, we release the hardcover. And then, three years after that, we re- release the Absolute Edition. Or, if you're like Marvel, we release the first three issues, then we release the mini-trade, then we right. release the next three issues, we release the mini-trade, then we release the trade... And then we mm-hmm. release the hardcover, or actually what Marvel's doing, I think, is instead of going to the trade, they're going right to the hardcover, and then mm-hmm. a year later, they're releasing the softcover. <laughs> so it's, they're well, getting you into that mentality of buy and buy and buy again. Right. And you know, DC's doing the same thing with, you know, you buy the issues, oh, here's the hardcover. Well, oh, that's what I'm the saying, softcover. the long Halloween. Look, I've got all the individual issues, 
Okay. I've got uh, the softbound trade paperback, and mm-hmm. I've got the uh, the absolute edition. They got me to buy so, this issue three times. You're just a consumer whore. I'm a freaking one of those obsessive compulsive. Got to have everybody. I got to have everything. You're the reason that Pokemon exists. No, I'm not because I don't have any Pokemon. Yeah, sure. You got to glad I didn't. No, what? What I got to do? What? No, no. Don't get me to catch them all. It'll never end. <laughs> My wife will kill you. Yeah, she probably would. But yeah, I'm kind of obsessive compulsive like that, which is why I'm cleaning out this toy closet. Right. Uh, speaking there of, comes a point where you just have to look at your stuff and go, what am I getting from the stuff, and what of it is really essential to me? Right. Well, and in two years, when the top row of the drawer boxes fills up, I'm going right. to have to start going through that and saying, okay, what do I want to keep? What do I want to get rid of? Because there's obviously some junk issues in there, but there's also some great stories in there, too. So, Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel. 